Okay, let us get into Parshas B'Shalach. It's uh, one day late this week, but uh, last week was three days early. So I think uh, we even out, and hopefully next week we'll be back on track um, Wednesday night. And I appreciate all the feedback from my, uh, from my trip of all of you, everyone who, who listens out there. It's wonderful to learn Torah together. Okay, so let's start with a Rashi that we know, but hopefully give a little deeper insight into the Rashi. So let's start with Perak Yud Gimel. Pasuk Yudches, second Pasuk in the Parsha. So Kla Yisrael go out of Mitzrayim, and Vayasev Elokim Esa'am Derech Hamidbar Yamsuf. Hashem takes the Am Derech Hamidbar Yamsuf, or Chumashim over here, uh, through the desert by way of the Yamsuf. Vachamushim Alu Bnei Yisrael Me'eretz Mitzrayim. And Bnei Yisrael went up Chamushim, Be'eretz Mitzrayim in the land of Mitzrayim. So what exactly does Chamushim mean? A hard word to translate. What does Chamushim mean? So Unkelis says, what is Chamushim? If you look at the Unkelis, Umizarzin, they were loaded with, they were armed. They were armed. What were they armed with? Armed with weapons? Umizarzin? That's the, that's the Unkelis, Mizarzin. Look at Rashi, Vachamushim. Rashi also quotes, Ein Chamushim Mizuyanim. They were prepared and armed. Vachain Huomer also says in Yoshua in the first paragraph, That's the Unkelis. Number one. Number two, the second shot, though, of Rashi, what does chamushim mean? Dabar acher, chamushim, echad mechamisha yatsu. What does chamushim mean? One-fifth. One-fifth went out of Mitzrayim. V'yarba'achalakim mesu Four-fifths of the Jews died during darkness. Measure says that they did not want to leave Eretz, Eretz Mitzrayim. The Jews thought it would, those Jews thought it would be better to stay in Egypt. So that's why Kaddish Baruch Hu took care of them during Machas Choshech, so the Egyptians wouldn't see. I didn't. They see that the Jewish people were much less afterwards. Right, so one might say, ain't no dome watching them die and, and realizing it afterwards, or one could stay, you know, after not being able to move for a week, you know, they had other things on their mind, and they've been already been through nine makos, maybe they weren't focusing on, on, on the numbers of the Jews. But either way, that's what Rashi says, they went out one-fifth. One-fifth. So now, let's see the Ber Yosef. The Ber Yosef quotes another two targumim. We know there are many targumim, many translations of the Torah, um, that we have. So Unkelis was one, but the Rebbe Yosef, in source number one, Rebbe Yosef Misalan quotes two others. First, Rebbe Yonasim ben Uziel. Rebbe ben Uziel says, what's the Targum? The chad im chamsha tafla saliku b'nei Yisrael me'arad Mitzrayim. Every family went out of Mitzrayim with five children. Chad im chamsha taflaya. Five children. It's pretty amazing. Amazing family planning. Everybody had the same Exact amount of children. Imagine going to a community and asking, oh, how many kids do you have? Oh, three. And how many do they have? Three. And down the block, how many they have? Three. Well, everybody has three. Everybody had five children. Everybody left Mitzrayim. Chamushim. Everybody had five. What is that? How are we supposed to understand that? There's obviously something deeper. And then look at the last line on top. Butargim Yerushalmi Khan. The Targum Yerushalmi says, Mizainin be'uvdetava saliku b'nei Yisrael prikin me'arad Mitzrayim. With good deeds, Maisim Tovim, Pu'uv de Tava, B'nei Yisrael went out redeemed from Mitzrayim. They were doing something, Maisim Tovim, as they went out. So the next question, what good deeds were they doing when they went out of Mitzrayim? Prior to leaving Mitzrayim, Karban Pesach, Brismila, before they left. But as they left, it sounds like as they left, they were doing something, a good deed. Be'uv de tava, with good deeds, Saliku b'nei Yisrael, prekin me'arad Mitzrayim. As they left, b'nei Yisrael um, were doing Maisim Tovim. So what does that mean? And even asking just another overarching question, ask the Ber Yosef, these are three totally different shatim, is there any way to be ma'achid, to unify these very different shatim on the Pasuk? Again, chamushim, does it mean four-fifths died in Makas Choshech, and only one-fifth went out. That's Chamushim, number one. Number two, Chamushim, they each had five kids. And number three, they went out with Maisim Tovim. So, Ma Kesher between all of these. And how do you see these, even? The Maisim Tovim from the Pasuk. So, a classic Ber Yosef. These three are all one idea. How all these three one idea? They sound pretty different. Says the Ber Yosef. Ulam Ha'inyan, on the right side... Remember I mentioned in the past that the Ber Yosef, he writes in his Akdama, he used to give drushes in uh, Yerushalayim. Rosh Shlomo Zalman used to listen to his drushes and Rosh Shlomo Zalman urged him to write the Sefer. He says, your drushes are so dynamic, 
So you have to write the safer. That's why it's like that. That's why we have, that's what we're to the Bar Yosef who was nifter in the early eighties. So line eighteen on the right side. Ulam barashi. Right, the mechilta which Rashi quotes. Vachamushim alu echan mechamisha alu one fifth left. Vaarba achalakim meisu b'shloshis meyafela. Four fifths died. Vahainu line twenty one. Shahayu biYisrael baoso hador rishaim shlohayu rotsim latzes umeisu b'shloshis meyafela. There were many Jews at the time that didn't want to leave, and they died during the days of darkness. Kamoshevi Rashi, like Rashi quotes. So now says the Ber Yosef, Hine b'vadai certainly. Nira da afalpish ahagedolim shahayu rasha imnenshu the adults there were many adults that didn't want to leave so obviously it was the adults that were the ones that Hashem shot down right it wasn't kids what kids who didn't want to leave Hashem wouldn't have wouldn't have punished them so obviously it was adults aval hayaladim shel elu harisha imnishabu b'chayim but the children of those rishaim who Hashem had a smote down they obviously were still alive. The children, what they do. So obviously, all the four fifths that died in Mitzrayim during Machas Choshech were obviously only adults, were only grown ups. All their children were still there. The Imkain, says the Ber Yosef, if you think about it then, there were four fifths of the children of Bnei Yisrael were without parents. They were died in Mitzrayim. V'yemkein hayu arba chalakim shal yiladim k'tanim michlal Yisrael shenishra b'li harim four fifths. V'kivan shakal Yisrael yatsumi Mitzrayim v'lo nishra b'Mitzrayim afilu parsa achas. And since we know that that every single person left Mitzrayim, not even a donkey was left in Mitzrayim. V'yemkein bevada who took care of all these extra kids? Who took care of the four fifths of the children in Klal Yisrael that didn't have parents? Who took care of them? Obviously, it was the adults that left. The one-fifth of Klai Yisrael that were left, they must have taken care of all their other kids. The 20% that were left took care of all the 80%. They took care of them. And they brought them up. Doing the math. Lines 35. Besides each parent taking their own children, they took another four families worth. Right? Because there were 80% that needed children. 20% was split amongst each 20. So each family took their own kids plus four other sets of children. Because four-fifths died. Nimsa that's the pshat of the Targum Yerushalayim Ben Uziel. Not that they each had five kids. They had five sets of kids. Five sets of kids, their own set of children, plus the four-fifths that were not, um, that did not have the parents. That's what the Yerushalayim Ben says. They went out with five children. It doesn't mean five children. It means five sets of children. Continuing, the next column says the Ber Yosef, usually, when you take a little trip, you can give somebody a lift. I'm going there anyway. I'll take your kids. Come. But if you're going on a very long trip, especially an unending trip, would you take somebody else's kids? No, somebody comes. Thank you. Somebody else comes, comes to your house and says, hi, I, I'm just running out. Could you, uh, could you take my kids? When are you coming back? A couple years. Right. An unending. I don't know when. I don't know. And usually we're not so ready to make such a commitment if it's not our own children. Says the Bar Yosef, we're going out of Mitzrayim. Who knows? There were no parents. And they took these kids, four sets of children to each family. That's a lot of children. And they still did it without complaining. Wonderful, let's go. That's a tremendous Maisa Tov. What Maisa Tov? Maisa Tov, were they doing as they left Mitzrayim? Right, what was the shot of the Targum Yerushalmi? As they, they did Koran Pesach before. They did Brismila before. What were they doing as they left? They were taking these children. They were taking all the other children that didn't have parents anymore because they died in Makas Choshech. Says, says the Ber Yosef, that's what the, 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 the Maisa was. Line 15 in the second column. The, uh, the Torah is publicizing their chesed. That they did with their, their brother's children. Lady quotes, as I just said, when you go out on a trip, usually 
you know, we, uh, we don't have such Rachmanis, but when you go to, uh, you have Rachmanis on small trips, but not on long trips. So that's the Gavos. So he says, if you think about it, so now all the three Pshatim that we gave to the word, even though they seem very different, they're all the same idea. Rashi quoted what's Chamushim, one-fifth of Klai Yisrael went out, four-fifths died in Choshech. Yonatan ben Uziel says, they each took five kids. Yagam Yushalmi, they were doing Maisim Tovim. Ma Kesha between all these three, it's the same idea. Because four-fifths died in Mitzrayim and only one-fifth went out, so that's why they needed to take four sets of children with them, making it five altogether Chamushim. And that was the Maisim Tovim that they did as they left the land of Mitzrayim. And that's what he says in the bottom, line 32, This is the tremendous chesed that he did for their brothers. That's what Rabbi Yosef and Uziel says. And just the punchline says the Ber Yosef, maybe this is another deeper pshat now that we have in the song and the pasuk that we all know. Kaddish Baruch Hu says, Ko amar Hashem, chesed Usually translated that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I remember the chesed of you, Klal Yisrael, when you were a young nation, when you were going out of Mitzrayim, and you had you had Amuna, and you didn't worry about what was going to be, and you were going out to a desert without any supplies, in, in the desert, and there were animals there. You went out. I remember that, Hashem says. Says the Bar Yosef, take the words of Kipshuta. Chesed ne'urayach. The chesed about the young children. That's the Pshuta Shalmikra. The chesed that you did as you left Mitzrayim with the Neurim, with the children that you took with you. That's what he says at the end of the next page. Line 22. This is what Yirmiyahu says. You went into the Midbar, the land that wasn't sown. That's chesed. That's Chesenu Rayach. That's the three Pshatim on that word that all fit together. Okay, let's move on. Obviously, we know the main portion. Obviously, there's a case of the main portion. Parsha B'Shalach is a lot of main portions. Uh, the most famous highlight, the part of the Parsha that most of us stand up for, is, of course, Az Yashir. Just again, it's a separate halachic topic. Are you allowed to stand up for part of the Torah and not other parts of the Torah? We can talk about that next week also. Parsha's Yisro. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit. We'll see. Um, but the beginning of Az Yashir uh, says Az Yashir Moshe and the Medrash on that Pasuk we're going to have a few points about Az Yashir the Medrash says Beis HaLevi quotes it in source number 3 Az Yashir Moshe Isaba Medrash top left Amar Moshe Be'az Chatasi with the word Az I sinned says Moshe Rabbeinu She'amarti Ume'az Basi L'daber Al-Paro Heira L'amazeh I sinned with the word Oz, the end of Parsha Shmos. After I went to Mitzrayim, says Moshe, and I told Pyro, let my Jews free, and Pyro says, oh, the Jews have free time, i got to make it worse, I'm not going to give them Tevin anymore, I'm going to make it harsher for them. And they come crying to Moshe, and Moshe goes crying to Hashem, Hashem, look, you made it worse. So may Oz, since I came, it's gotten worse, Hashem. Says Moshe, with the word Oz, I sinned, and with the word Oz, I'm doing Shuva. Oz, Yashir, Moshe, Ovenei Yisrael. So, is this just a play on words? Uz, uz, says the word uz both times. What exactly is the deeper connection between me'uz, basi al-par, heir al-amazeh, and uz yashir Moshe? Says the Beis HaLevi. Ulhazbir ksas ha-kavana bezeh ma'amar, to explain the mis-ma'amar, what fixing did Moshe do? Da hashir nemer ba'uso teva, lashon sh'amar mikodem. So it's the same word. So what does that, what does that t- teach us? Rako inyan. Says the Beis HaLevi, a very... Deep and sometimes difficult thought, but it's the attitude that we have to try to have. Tehine, Mishahu b'tsar chalila. Some Yerachman Aslan has a tsara. Has a tsara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ozer and Hashem saves them and helps them. Umatzilo. V'nosein HaKadosh Baruch Hu shavach v'hodaya ala tova sha'asalo. And he gives HaKadosh Baruch Hu thanks. Right, he was through an operation and he has a refuah. Baruch Hu gives thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yesh b'zeh shnei ofanim v'chalukim heim harbei. There are two ways, there are two attitudes a person might have when it comes to thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What are you thanking him on? Im ikr simchaso shel ha'adam, umashem mishabeach lishmo yisbarach, hu rak avur tovaso, shekibel vatsvaso mitzar, Hashem, thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for the Yeshua. My focus is purely on the Yeshua, on the salvation. I rather would not have been in the situation in the first place. 
I don't know why he put me in the situation in the first place. But you know what? He saved me. So I'm very happy that he saved me. And I give thanks that he saved me. Capital H. He's not happier than he would have been if he hadn't had the tzara. Right? He'd rather not have had the tzara and not have to give thanks. That's one. Aval Moshe Yisrael Uz, line sixteen. But when Bnei Yisrael said Uz Yashir at Kriyas Yamsuf, when they had the greatest national revelation that the Jewish people ever had in the history of the world, Rashi quotes right the Shifcha, the maid servant on the Yamsuf saw more than Yecheskel Ben Buzi, Yecheskel Ben Buzi who saw the Meisim Merkava, the Shifcha Yam saw more than that, more clarity of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So when Bnei Yisrael saw that and they sung Shira. They weren't just singing Shira for being saved from Mitzrayim. They were singing Shira for being in Mitzrayim in the first place. It's not just thank you for saving us. Thank you for putting us into Mitzrayim so now that your name can be sanctified through the process of our leaving Mitzrayim. Thank you for making me the Klee. Thank you for putting me in the situation so now there's Rebui Kvot Shemayim in the world. If the Jews were never in Mitzrayim, there wouldn't have been the Makos. There wouldn't have been Yitzhak Mitzrayim. There wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been any of this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thank you for using us as those to help you spread your name. Like it says, I will sing to Hashem because He is so high. So the Shibud, the Shira that Bnei Yisrael sang in the Hoda'ah is not just for what the salvation, but it was for the Shibud in the first place. Line 26, that's the play on words here. It's not just a play on words. May Oz, with Oz I sinned and with Oz I, I, um, I'm singing to you now. No, Moshe says and Klai Yisrael say, when I now I can look backwards with hindsight and I could see now but I'm saying as Yashir, I could see the Oz Basil Paro that was also part of the divine plan. And I could give Hoda for that too, and I know now it had to get worse. But first he complained about it. What do you mean the same word? That same event now I look at differently. That's the play on words. And he even ends off by saying, that's what we say in Halal. David Melech says in Tehillim, Odecha Kiani Sani Yeshua. Not just Odecha Al Yeshua. Odecha Kiani Sani. Thank you for, for giving me, look, Sadavaralo Rashavatovlo. But Akadosh Baruch Hu, in hindsight, we'll all see, La Asilavo. Thank you for giving me the, the, um, the, the Inui in the first place. Yeshua, now I have a greater appreciation of you. Only now, sometimes, only after certain situations, like we appreciate that Kaddish Baruch Hu. We don't appreciate it without it. But now, Kaddish Baruch Hu, thank you for giving it to me. Because now I appreciate the Tzara. Again, this is a very difficult attitude sometimes to have. Very difficult. But at least in our heads, even if it doesn't always go to our hearts, at least in our heads we should know Kaddish Baruch Hu has the divine plan for any Tzara. And Odecha Kiani Sani Yeshua. We give Hoda even on the Inui, which ultimately led to the Yeshua. And one final point related to this, it's suggested by Nahari Kedem, where he quotes this base Halevi in Source 4, he says, maybe that's also Pshad and Alanisim. We're in between the Alanisims. Right? We're in between Hanukkah and Purim right now. So next week's Tu Bishvat, that means uh, Purim's only five weeks away. Less than four and a half weeks away. Purim's coming. Almost Shloshim Yom of Nechag. So we say on Alanisim, Alanisim, Alapurk, Malgros, Alatashuos, Vialamochamos. Shasis Alavaseinu, Bemahim is Banazah. What do you mean the Alanisim? Thank you for the war! Thank you for the Mohamos. We thank Hashem even for the Mohamos. Allah Mohamos! Thank you for the Mohamos, which we needed to be safe from the Mohamos, Allah Nisimelakuros. That's Oz Yashir, me. Oz Bas Yalparo and Oz Yashir. Okay, talking a little bit more about Kriyas Yamsuf. Fascinating Ha'ara now. Let's look in the Psukim in Perak Yudalit Pasachafhei. We know there were major miracles that took place, a lot of different types of miracles that took place. During Kriyas Yamsuf, some they sung about, some were just described in the Torah. So the Torah describes in Perak Yudalat Pasachafhei, Vayasar es Ofen Markavosav. Hashem removed the wheels of their chariots. Vayinahagiyu Bechvedus. And they, they, um, they went slowly. 
They went slowly because their wheels came off of their chariots. And what happens? By Yom Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim says, Whoa, a new son of Yisrael, we've got to run away. God's fighting for them, we have to get out of here. Question one, why'd they need this nace of the chariot's wheels falling off? That was like, just make the chariot not go. Well, the wheels had to fall off? Just drown them. What does the Torah have to describe? And the wheels came off, and then they were drowned. That was so important to say. The Yasser has opened my kavosav. Furthermore, what about the, the second half of the Pasuk? It sounds like this miracle is what showed the Mitzrayim, oh, forget it, we have to turn around. So what, what was the need for the miracle? And what, what was amazing about this specific miracle that they said, Anusim Ibn Yisrael, Hashem is fighting for them. So there's a thought from the Arvi Nachal. I'm not such a bucky in the Arvi Nachal, but um, Rav Mursky quotes this, uh, this thought in his, uh, in his article on Kriyas Yamsa, for one of his far. Says the Arvi Nachal, if you look in a number of Rishonim, again, the first time you hear this, it's fascinating if you've never heard of it. Many Rishonim say, I gave this to you from Tosfus in Erechin Dav Tezvav, that's in Source 5, and also the following source, the Chizkuni, and others say it as well. They say that if you look in the Torah, B'nai Yisrael were in a place called Asam before they went into the Yamsuf. And they were in a place called Asam after they went through the Yamsuf. How was that possible? They were in the same place? Says Tosvis, says the Chizkuni, B'nai Yisrael never crossed the Yamsuf. They went in and they came out on the same side. They did a semicircle. Tosis has a picture of it, just in case you didn't believe him. In Tosis, open up a Gemara and Erechen. I photostatted it so you can look it up. Tosis and Erechen, that Tezav, it's a picture describing where they went in. Tosis quotes a semicircle, right? And you look on the next page also, right? You had a, a little clearer picture of it, right? It's a, it's a semicircle. They went in. Why? Because they went into Asam Tosfos quotes. Because it can't be. Look on line 7 in Tosfos. They didn't cross from side to side. They also would have been right near Israel. They went in and it says later on that they really did a semicircle. So why exactly did they go in? Why did they go in if it was just a semicircle? So what would you say? Says the Chizkuni to get the Egyptians to follow them, to drown them. That's why they went in. They came out the same side. Right? But says the Chizkuni on the top of the next page, source number six. They didn't cross. You don't have to cross the Yamsuf to go from Egypt to Israel. Right? There's a desert there. Right? There wouldn't be any tunnels, smuggling tunnels, if you could go from one to the other. Right? So the fact you don't have to go through any water. So you don't have to go through there. You don't have to cross. Why they go in to lead the Egyptians in, as we spoke about a week or two ago, that they went in, which was amazing that they went in after they saw the Yamsu split, but to get Paro and the Mitzrayim to go in. They did a semicircle. They started and ended in Midbar Isam. So they did a semicircle. That's what Tosfa says and that's what the Chizkuni says. Step one. That was step one. Step two. Says the Mechilta. As quoted, Ramursky quotes it on the second line of line source seven. Says the Mechilta, Asara Nisim Na'asu Yisrael Al Hayam. There were really ten miracles that occurred on the Yamsu. There were twelve paths in the Yamsuf. It wasn't just split, like you see it depending on the picture. There were 12 paths. 12 paths, one for every shavit. Right, that's what we say every Shabbos morning. Legozer yamsuf ligzarim. doesn't say in half, it says ligzarim, to different parts. Kili olam chasto. Right, 12 different parts, 12 different shvilin. That's step two. So again, number one, they went in a semicircle. Step two, they had 12 paths. Now ask the Arve Nachal, if you look at the picture for a minute, so if every shavit went in a different path, and the Egyptians, Lachora, followed the Jews down every path. So then, the Egyptians that were on the innermost semicircle would get to the other side before the Jews in the outermost circle got to the other side. Right? That's why in the Olympics, right, the outer lanes start ahead. Right? Because it's not fair; it's longer, so they have to measure exactly how to start ahead in the racing and the right. They start ahead. Why? Because the outer paths are longer. 
You don't need to prove it from the Olympics. It's Pashata. Uh, and you don't need not even physics, right? It's a picture. So it says says the Avi Nachal. So how'd that work? The, uh, the, the Egyptians would be on the other side before the Jews got there. Ah, the wheels came off the chariots. That's why Hakadosh Baruch Hu had to make the wheels fall off the chariots to slow them down. Vayaser has opened Markavosav to slow them down so that the ones on the innermost would go much slower so they wouldn't reach the other side before the Jews did. And it's even deeper than that. The tour says, points out, and Mirsky quotes it on the bottom, what does the Pasuk even say? Vayasar es ofan. Lashon yachid. The wheel. If you lose two wheels, it still slides. One wheel. You just go around in a circle. One wheel fell off. Vayasar es ofan markavosav. The wheel of their chariots. Only one wheel fell off. So that was all lopsided. So you just go around and around in a circle, you don't get anywhere. The Egyptians saw that, they said, uh-oh, Anusa, Mipnei Yisrael, Ki Hashem Nilchalm That's why the nace was needed, and that's why Meduyik in the Pasuk, why it was one wheel, and that's why the Mitzrayim saw this, and they said, forget it, we have to turn around. Line 22, that's his, Hashem is over Shal Mitzrayim, that's why he knocked off a wheel. The Neil and the Chvedus, and he led them slowly, so that the Jews who ran after the, Jew, the, the Egyptians, who ran after the Jews in the shorter paths, will get stuck in the mud. That's the Pshat of the Arvi Nachal. How do you do? One of my Talmudim asked me, what about the Medrash that says that the Yamsuf had to spit out the Egyptians because they were worried that you know, just like we came up on this side, maybe they came up on that side. They were on the same side. So either you could say Midrash is Chalukos. You don't have to say every Midrash is always like this. But you could also say they were all the way on different sides of the semicircle. It could still mean this side and that side. To mean it's far away. So the Dafka spit them out on the side where they were standing. So even if it's the same side of the water, you could still work out how, how that Midrash could, could fit into this, uh, this framework. Okay, so that's Vayasar is over Makavosav. We could also maybe have that Kavana every day. When we say as Yashir, right? we're supposed to say as Yashir every day. You look in some of the Sidurim, it says you're supposed to say it as if you're standing on the edge of the Yamsuf. So we're supposed to think about as Yashir every day. So, Halavai, we should get a little Shemet. At least Parshish Peshalach. At least Parshish Peshalach, we should at least uh, focus on it. Shabashira. Okay. Another Pasuk in as Yashir. Then hopefully we'll get to the Mun soon. It's a lot to say in Parshish Peshalach. So the Pasuk says in. The Shira, towards the beginning, the more famous Psukim, Zekeli v'anvehu elokei avi v'arumamenhu. This is my God and I will glorify him. Elokei avi, this is my father's God, v'arumamenhu, and I will raise him up. So again, this Pasuk, not for now, this Pasuk is the source for Hidr Mitzvah. Zekeli is my God and I will glorify him. It means glorify him in mitzvos. Doing mitzvos in a glorified way. That's the makar for uh, an atar on a talis, a keser on a Torah, a beautiful menorah, a beautiful esrug. Right, Zekeli v'anvehu, Connected to Priyas Hadar, so those are the makaras for for um, for Hidr Mitzvah. Says Rashi, what's the emphasis of Elokei Aviv Armenu? So I gave you a look in Nefesh Arav, you look in Rav Shefter, in Surah number eight, second line, he quotes Rashi. Upirish Rashi, Lo Anit Chilas Hakadusha. I'm not the source of this kedusha, says Rashi. Elo Muchzekes VeOmedes Li Hakadusha VeElukuso Alai Mimeavosai. The Kedusha comes from my parents, not from me. It didn't start with me. The God of my father. What's Rashi emphasizing here? That is, I'm not the Tchilas HaKedusha, it's Muchzekes V'Omedes Li HaKedusha. What exactly is he emphasizing? Before we answer that, let me just ask one other question. And you have three pieces here. Uh, the first one is B'Shem the Rav, and the next two are the Rav's actual writings. We say two brachas every morning. Two of the many brachas. One bracha is Shalom Asani Goy. Shalom Asani Goy, thank you for making me a Jew. The other bracha is Asher Bachar Banu Mikal Ha'amim and Asalanu Es Tarasa. Thank you for, for giving us the Torah and give, making you, us your nation. Sounds pretty similar. One's a little more elaborate, one's a little more detailed, more fluffy. Asher Bachar Banu, mention the Torah. It's the same message. Thank you for making me a Jew. Shalom Asani, one's a negative, one's a positive. Shalom Asani Goy. And the Shabbat Rabbanu, what's the, what's the difference between those two brachos? Says Rav Salvechik, in a number of places, and he's going to connect this to many ideas. Klomar, the third line, Rav Shekht is quoting the Rav. Klomar, Shalakal Adam Yisrael, Shtei Bechino Shal Kedushas Yisrael. 
Every Jew has two Bechinas of Kedusha. One in that he is biologically a Jew. You have a Jewish mother, you're Jewish. It's a matter whether you like it or not. You cannot renounce that, as we'll get to that. You can renounce citizenship. You can't renounce it. You have a Jewish mother, you're a Jew. Biological Jew. That's the first Kedusha. But then there's a second Kedusha. The fact that each person personally accepts HaKadosh Baruch Hu and accepts the Torah and lives a Jewish way of life. One's automatic, one is independent and personal and voluntary. Two Kedushas of Klal Yisrael. Says the Rav, this explains why we find, without going into too much details of Halacha, a heretic, a mumar, a Jew who throws it all away, Rahman al-Islam, regarding certain halachos, he's still called a Jew. Rahman al-Islam, if a mumar is married, if a Jew is married and becomes a mumar, he still has to get to his wife. We don't say, oh, she's married to a guy, she could just get married to anybody else. No. The Gemara says, Afa Yisrael, he's still considered Jewish. But let's say if somebody who's a mumar, somebody who's a heretic, shechs an animal, even if we're watching him, you know what? That's a piece of novella. It's like a non-Jewish shechs. Shechitaso novella. So when do you say somebody who threw it all away, a mumar, when do you say he has the halachas of a Jew? When do you say he doesn't have the halachas of a Jew? Says the Rav, you have to work out all the details. But any halacha that's connected and due to his biological nature of being a Jew, then he's a Jew. Marriage has to do with family, has to do with yichus. You're a Jew. You have a Jewish mother, you're a Jew. You can renounce citizenship of a country. You can't renounce citizenship of a religion. As a, for me, you're a Jew. The other religions, you can't. But, um, but you can't. So, halachas like married, you're a Jew. But halachas that have to do with Torah, that have to do with Kabbalah, so Malchus Shemayim, if you don't accept Malchus Shemayim, then you're not a Jew. Shechita. Those are the two Kedushas that we have. The Kedusha natural that we get and the Kedusha that we accept ourselves. That's even what we say every Shemona Esrei three times a day. What do we start off by saying? Elokeinu, Elokeinu. It's the same thing. We connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in two ways. By the way, before we continue, if you ever have to speak, especially the Shabbos, but anywhere, it's a great part to say. It's just any parsha. You can say, we said in Azyashu this morning, it doesn't have to be Parshish B'Shalach, you can say, uh, you can say, oh, my wedding, and not, they take what they got from their parents, and themselves, they have added, and the Bar Mitzvah boy should take everything that he's gotten. He was such a man, he took his Yerusha Sa'avos, he lived his life to the fullest, and, and he can speak, and he's got to be a poetic license of a Rav, and you know, he got it all set. Okay, you know, a Vart, a flexible Vart, as it's called. So says the, says Rav Salvechik, these are the two Kedushas that we refer to in as Yashir. This is Shemona Esrei. These are the two brachas we say every morning. Turning to the next page. In the Drashas Arav, the Drashas they put together posthumously, some of the Rav's Drashos. So, Shaloh Asani Goy is the biological Kedusha that we have. Thank you for giving me a Jewish mother. Shaloh Asani Goy. Asher Bachar Bani Mikal Ha'amim Raslan Ras Taraso. Thank you for giving me the chance to accept the Torah. That's the second bracha. It's not superfluous. Right? The answer is, line 8, that we are chosen in two distinct ways. One aspect of our chosenness relates to being the progeny of Abraham. And is this aspect for which we bless God for having made us Gentiles. But then you have an additional Bechira. This Bechira comes through the study of Torah. This chosenness involves a higher sanctification than is afforded through simple lineage. Then he quotes the Chilak of Mumar as well. And just one final point that he adds in al Hachuva. Where he also talks about these two Kedushos. And the next source, I'm not going to read the whole thing because he connects again, Kedusha Sa'avos and Kedusha Atzmis. Those are how he labels it. Kedusha that we get from our forefathers and the Kedusha that we receive independently, Kedusha Atzmis. Says the Rav, there were various covenants made with Klai Yisrael during their 40 years. But though there were three covenants, there were two types of covenants. Turn to the next page for a minute in source number 11. Source number 11. Line 9. 
Where is the source of these two Kedushas of every Jew? It's the two Kreases Bris, the two covenants that Hashem made with Bnei Yisrael. There are really three. There's two types. The Kreases Bris that Hashem made at Har Sinai and Arvos Moav with those who went into Eretz Yisrael, the Brachos and the Klolos. Yisrael is Kaddish, but Kriyos Berisos Eluv Akdusha Azosa Verisilenu BeYerusha Midor Lador. At that time, he created the concept of a Jewish nation connected to Akadosh Baruch Hu, the biological Kedusha, and therefore forevermore that is given in Yarshins from generation to generation. Zuhi Kedushas Avos, what Rashi calls Kedushas Atzvah Meavosecha. But then there's a, there was a third treaty, which is a second type. L'Shtei Berisos Eluv Rishlishis He Abris Aksuva BeParsas Nitzavim. Brizulo Nichrasaim Osu Dar Belvad Elagamim Kaladorosim Kalish Yisrael. What does it say? Atani Tavim Ayom Kolchem Vololavatchem Anochi Kareis the Bris Azos. But for all future generations, that's a different type of bris. That's a bris that flows from each individual Jew. Mikanovaz Kedusha Mekoris Atzmis Shal Kol Dar Vador the Kol Yachad Bekal Tufot Kufa. We constantly are connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu in these two ways: in the Zekeli Vianvehu way and the Lokei Abir Amemenu. It's interesting, though, that in all these examples, the psukim, the kedusha atzmis is stated first. Historically, you should say the opposite. It should be elokei aviramemenu zakeli vianveyu. No, zakeli is put first. In Shmona Esrei, elokeinu velokei avoseinu. So the Rav doesn't make this point, but one could suggest because that's that's where we have our uniqueness. We don't do anything to get our biological kedusha. We're born into it. But the Torah is not a Yerusha lecha. Right? We have to do what defines us even more is what we do ourselves. That's why that's part first. So, okay, no, okay, say, no, and that's okay, okay, so after Bishalach, we continue. We um, we start complaining about water right away. Just about Derek Agav, I didn't give it to you, but I, I cannot say it. Uh, Derek Agav, interesting, the Gemara says in, in Baba Kama, the Dafyomi will do it in a couple of weeks, that after they, they thirsted for water. They went three days without water and they were thirsty. So the Gemara says they were thirsty for water. So they can't really mean water. Ain't my Torah. They were thirsty for Torah. They were thirsty for Torah. So that's why uh, they were thirsty. So what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He said, okay, I'm going to make a law. You can't go three days without hearing the Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu made the Allah of Kriyas Torah every three days. Shabbos, Monday, Thursday, you don't go three days without hearing the Torah. Fine. Ezra Sofer added on details, at least the Sukkim, at least three alias. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu did. Rav Salvechik noted an amazing, simple question. They were thirsty for the Torah. They didn't get the Torah yet. What were they thirsty for? What were, what were they What were they thirsty for? They didn't get the Torah until next week's parsha. So says the Rav, they weren't thirsty because of the mitzvah of learning Torah. They were thirsty because of the natural connection that every Jew has to Torah. Every Jew deep down, what Hasidus calls the pintel yid, but it's that, that, that natural connection that every Jew has to Torah, that's what made them thirsty. They were wary, not because of the mitzvah, but because of their connection to Torah. Where did they get this, Torah, this connection from? So says the Rav, it's the Gemara Nida that we all know. That in utero, all of us are taught called Torah Kula, and on the way out, the Malach gives us a little fleck, and you know we forget it all. So the Olam asks, everyone asks, if we are going to cause to forget it anyway, so why teach it to us in the first place? You want us to forget it because we, we have to earn it, so we have to work hard. So why teach it to us? To create that natural connection that every Jew has. When we hear a shir, when we're inspired by seeing a part of Eretz Yisrael, when all of a sudden we have that feeling inside, that light bulb, oh, right, that it's Chazara. It's not new. It's connecting to that 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 original learning that we had, which creates the natural connection that of all of us has to Torah. Okay, let's finish off. It's not just finishing. There's a, there's two large pieces um, with two thoughts on the mun. One halachic thought. And one Hashgathic thought. Two thoughts on the month, which of course is the Aliyah afterwards in Parshish B'Shalach. The Vilna Gon once said that there is never a stira between Nigla and Nistar. Never a stira. If there is, then we are either misunderstanding the Nigla or misunderstanding the Nistar. The Zohar and Shas never argue. Except for one case, he says, which I'm going to explain. But it's not the one that we're going to talk about now. The problem is, the Gemara says in Shabrachas Dachlamites, in source number 12, that 
We have to have Lechem Mishnah every Shabbos. Every Shabbos meal, we have to have two Chalas. Right? Zechar to the Mun, this week's Parsha, that it fell double on, on Friday, and the Nase was that it was did not spoil as it was uh, left over. So you have to have two Chalas. The problem is the Zohar says they have to have 12 Chalas on Shabbos. Right? 12 or 2, which is it? Right? That's why some bakeries, their breakaway Chalas have 12 pieces. Right? So that, you know, they know the Zohar, that's uh, 12, 12 pieces. It's a connection to the Zohar. But he asked the Gerah, so what do I do? Is it two or is it twelve? Says the Vilna Gon. Hatla Vafela, as Rav Goldberg, some of you might have heard his Shiram, Pile Plaim. I can't say it with his accent, but. Says the Gemara in Brachas Lamates. Reb Zeira have a Batsa Akula Sherusa. Third line of the Gemara. Reb Zeira used to cut Akula Sherusa. Very difficult phrase to translate. What does Akula Sherusa mean? Rashi says it means he cut a big piece. Cut a big piece. Rashi on the left side, 13. Prusa gedola shayadailola kal suda b'shabbos. He cut a big piece so it will last the whole meal. Now whenever we have guests, so whenever I cut the chalas, I cut the chalas the long way. And then I turn it around and I cut it the other way. So the second I turn it around and start cutting, I hear the groan from the kids. Oh, small pieces. Right? So I like the big pieces. Right? So Rashi, good. you got to give everybody a big piece. Big piece. They don't have to ask for doubles. Right? That's the owning shabbos. Give them a big piece. That's what Rashi says. And that's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, as we'll see in source 15. She cut big pieces. The Rashba, for various reasons, argues with Rashi. Based on the context of the Gemara, what to do in here, doesn't seem to make sense in the flow. The Rashba gives a different shot to the Gemara. What does it mean, Batsa It means he cut every challah that was on his plate. That's what Batsa Akula Sherusa, on every challah he cut. Rashba in the next source. Batsa Akala Kikaros Hamunachos Levan of Lachal. All the challahs that were in front of him he cut. And that's how it fits into the context of the Gemara. Says the Vilna Gon, really what the Zohar never meant, really the Zohar never meant to say 12 chalas. The original Zohar says the Gra must have said Yud Beis Ches with a smidget, with a little line. And it was interpreted to mean chalas. But really what it meant was chatzain or chatichos. Halves, 12 halves. Says the Gra, according to the Rajbah, you have to cut every, each challah, each challah, both challahs at every meal. So every meal you have two challahs. You cut both, you have four halves at every meal. Three meals on Shabbos, twelve halves. Says the Gra, two challahs on Shabbos. That's what the Bavli says. Two challahs at every meal. Twelve chatzain. According to the Rajbah, you cut each challah in half, you end up with twelve halves. Even challah should have. So supposed to have Lecha Mishnah. There's no stira between the Nigla and the Nistar, between the Bavli and the Zohar. Says the Gra, it all fits together beautifully. What do we paskin? So we don't paskin me'ikir adin like this Rashba. The Shulchan Arach quotes in source 15 like Rashi. Cut big pieces of challah. Mitzvah of Soha, B'Shavetz, Prusa Gadola. Uda. Big pieces. The Mishnah Brura quotes Achronim, the Marshal, the Bach, and the Gra that say maybe cut each, each challah. Zechar as a for the uh, Rashba. See where it said the Mishnah Brura. Shari no lo nomar lecha Mishnah ala belakita. Lecharchila was supposed to only cut one because it only says to have two on the table. V'rashal v'shla nagolachto shneihem kepirish ha Rashba v'chenis kemagra. The Mishnah Brura notes though that there are shalom bias issues here. If you cut both chalas and your wife's going to say it's going to get hard, what are you cutting the second challah for? It's not going to be in. So the Mishnah Brura gives good advice. Then makbalat ha'hotza. You're worried about the expenses. The financial expense and the emotional expense. Otze shalosh chalos gedolos v'shalosh katanos. For Shabbos, you should buy three big chalos and three small chalos. Ubechol suda botzeiach and zulav achas katana. My 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 uh, my Rashi and Shalavim. So he has one chal and one pita at every meal. So he cuts through and he cuts the pita. Okay, he cut a pita. Okay, so they have one big one, one small one every meal. So you can be Yotzei the Rashba. You don't have to cut your two big chalas. So you have one big chala, one small chala. So you don't waste. Everything stays fresh. But that's the Chumra, the Mishnah Bura, based on this Rashba. But Maker then we don't pass in that way. And um, either way for us, it's a beautiful gra to uh, to think about putting together the Nikla and the Nistar. That's the halachic point about the money. Now the Hashgothic point. Okay, this is not any notes that you have in here. So if you want to, if you're writing, you could, there's room on the last sheet on the bottom to, to write this down. And it'll connect to the, what it says on the top. <clears throat> Heard this thought for Shame of Mayor Shapiro. Shame of Mayor Shapiro. Pasuk says in Tezayin Tezvav. Herak Tezayin Pasuk Tezvav. Vayiru b'nei Yisrael 
Bnei Yisrael saw this, these items that fell overnight. Vayomer ish elachiv, each man said to his brother, Manhu, it's man. Kilo yadumahu, because they didn't know what it was. Vayomer Moshe alehem, Moshe says to them, Hu halechem eshernathan Hashem lachem lachlat. This is the bread that Hashem gave you to eat. Yes, from Meir Shapiro. What does the Pazak say? They said to each other, it's man, because they didn't know what it was. Manu kilo yadumahu. What should it be called? Ma. It should be called Ma, not Man. It should be, they said, Mahu kilo yadumahu. What do you mean, Manu kilo yadumahu? What's a Man? What's a Man? Lo yadumahu. It should be Ma. They should have called it the Ma. The Ma fell. It doesn't sound right because we're not used to it. But it should be called the Ma, not the Man. What does Rashi say? Manhu. Rashi quotes, Pasik Tezayin, Pasik Tezvav, Hachonas Mazonhu. Preparation of food. Kamo Pazakan Daniel Vayimalamelach. The Melech prepared food for them. Okay. So Mon is a prashalashan of Hachanas Mazon. How does that help us? Says Mary Milablin, the Mechilta on this Pasik quotes Lonitna Torah Elo Laochle Haman. The Torah was given to those who eat the bread man. We have the Torah. We don't eat the man. What does it mean Lonitna Torah Elo Ochle Haman? So what exactly does the Pasuk mean? What does that Chazal mean? So says Ramir Shapiro. What happened in the morning? Two Jews came together and said to each other, Hey, how'd you like that mon? How'd you like that stuff last night? What'd it taste like? So he answered him, Oh, it was awesome. It was so, it tasted like everything I've ever wanted it to taste like. And the other guy said, he says, Oh, how do you like it? He's like, no, it was okay. What's that? How'd it taste different? For it's the same quantity. How'd it taste different? Why'd it taste different? It depended how much preparation each individual did to be ready to eat lechem and hashemayim. Heavenly bread that they were getting. How much did you get into it? How much did you prepare? You were about to eat man. The chidah said that they made the bracha amoti lechem and hashemayim. Right? They made the bracha. How much did you prepare for that? It tasted different for you and for me? How could that be? It must be because you prepared for it very well. And I didn't prepare for it enough. They looked at each other and they said, it tastes different? How could that be? They called it Manu. What does Rashi say? Hachanas Mazon. It's about the preparation. They called it Man, the preparation. They couldn't understand how it could taste different. If it was the same thing, how could it be awesome for you and very and poor for me? Manu. They called it Man, which means Alashan of Hachana. Alashan of preparing. Because the same thing, but it's all about the Hachana. When I heard this from uh, Rabbi Noach Olbaum, the Menchah Schein in Queens, I was heard a shir from him, so he quoted Zermir Shapir when he said, you know, we could have two boys, two men, two women, who learn something. One of them is, is inspired. They go to a shir, they're on a high, it's unbelievable. Oh, okay. The other one walks out. It's okay, the rabbi said it before. Right, old material. What? The same, same Torah. It's Lefi Hachanas HaMakabel. Depends how much we prepare ourselves to be clay kibble for Torah. How much do we make ourselves people who could who could enjoy it? Lo Torah Haman. What does that mean? The Torah was given to people who aman who prepare, people who get ready themselves to get into it to appreciate it. The man tastes the same. Forever could taste the same. Right, the 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 the, 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 swarms, the, swarm, the famous farms say that lots of lava. What's what's lots of lava going to be? It's going to be a base madrash. If you love learning, it's going to be amazing. If you hate learning, it's going to be Gehenna. Right? It all depends. Depends what uh, if we get spiritual highs from Torah, so it's going to be unbelievable. It all depends on lufi hachanas hamakabel. That's right. They called it manhu kilo yadu mahu. We have to appreciate each moment and appreciate and prepare ourselves for each moment. Just one one connected thought to this, and then we'll uh, finish up. Rav Zevin says on Parshas Emor, says usfartem lachem imacharas hashabbos, right? Svira, svira saomer, svira. Says Rav Zevin in Sora 16, hasvira bahaminyan morim al chashivuso veerko shel adaver hasofer vahamonui. Counting something connotes chashivus. If I count it, I am machshiv it. Kaosa shamer baalacha, like it says in Alacha, adaver shibaminyan eno batel. Something that you count cannot be batel. There's a difference in Alacha between eggs and rice. Why? When you buy rice, can I have 3,420 pieces of rice, please? No, you don't count rice. Pounds. But each one is not significant. But eggs, Darvish of a minion. That's something that's counted. Something that's counted is chashev. Each individual item is unique and special. 
says the says of Zevin, Yamavush Nosaf Shal Adam Srichim Lios Khashuve Maurita Adam. Our days and our years have to be chashiv to us so that we don't waste them. We have to count our days. We have to count our days. It's never going to come back. Any day, any moment, any experience that we have. You've got to count. You gotta be, you have to, we have to prepare ourselves for every day. In order to get that, we have to be, do the mun. We have to prepare ourselves for every day because every day is something special that we have. And then he adds, there are two types of spheres. There's a cashier sphera. A cashier has to, you know, count up the money before they give it in because he has to tell the balabias, you know, how much money they made that day. But then there's the owner sphera. They both count. The cashier and the owner both count. But there's a different type of counting. The cashier's counting is cold, objective, not, not personal, not into it, doesn't mean much to me. If I make a mistake, okay. If it's the Balabias' sphere, it's his. He's the Bailam. He counts very carefully. Every dollar is precious. Says Rev Zevin, Baum Beis HaMischar Kishasofer, when the head of the store counts, who Yodea Shezeu Rechusho, this is his Rechush, his possessions. Vimasvira Mora Totzah Chiyuvis Husameach, and the result means something to him. The cashier, doesn't matter how much money he made or lost. The Balabias, when he counts, he needs it to be positive. Ukshasvira Hi Betotzah Shalilis Umistar, he's upset. When there's a negative consequence. So he says at the end, Usfartam Lachem. The Sphira's gotta be yours. You gotta be the Balabayas. You gotta be somebody that cares about the Sphira, that prepares for each day, prepares for every event. The Me'iri writes in his Akdama, Tashas, the more Shabbos and Yantif is all a function to us of how much we put into it. If we go into a Yantif, we don't prepare for it, okay, it'll be another day. Food, right? For those of you in Chuslar, it's a three day Yantif. Coming up, Pesach time. Okay, if I don't if I don't try to work on it, it's going to be the three day yantif. Okay, for us yantif, chol yantif. The more we prepare for it and get ready for it and get into it, then that the more it's going to mean to us. The more we prepare for a Shabbos, the more Shabbos is meaningful. So the more we're mon, right? Vayiman. They said to each other, manu kilo yadu ma. They couldn't understand how it could be different for each person. It's the man. Rashi says lashon hachanas mazon. It's all about the hachana. That one puts in. So we should be making ourselves. No, this time we had to, we had to be making on a Thursday night instead of a Wednesday night. But uh, we make it ourselves, hopefully, for uh, for this Shabbos of Shabbos Shira. Um, and Be'ez uh, Hashem, we should uh, be zochah to the true Shira and to be zochah to Kabbalah Torah also coming up next week.